Donato's just didn't add bacon to their pizzas. They added bacon to their bacon. Canadian bacon and hardwood smoked bacon. Or Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Get $2 off a large bacon duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. Donato's just didn't add bacon to their pizzas. They added bacon to their bacon. It's Donato's new Bacon Duo pizzas. Two pizzas, each with two kinds of bacon. Try the new Pepperoni Bacon Duo with pepperoni, Canadian bacon, and hardwood smoked bacon. And the Chipotle Bacon Duo with Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Now get $2 off a large Bacon Duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. Welcome to Preach, Kev Preach with Rashad. We are the prophets. Here with another episode, another sermon, start of the new year. Uh, going into year two of our podcast. Uh, if you listen to us, Out Sports Radio, iHeart Radio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you can find us. Uh, we appreciate everyone who listened to us, man. And um, Rashad, man, happy new year to you. Happy New Year, bro. Happy New Year to everybody. 2020 is going to be major, man. Good vibes, blessings for everybody. Yeah, good vibes, man. But you know, kind of started off already on a sour note. Um, David Stern, his passing. Uh, I think I think I got the news right around maybe like twelve or one. So yeah, like it was almost like so as New Year came in. Pretty much. Yeah, man. That's uh, sad, man. It's it's very sad, very sad. Um, David Stern. I mean, you know, for for us, all we knew growing up is we had thirty teams or twenty nine teams in the NBA until the Bobcats came. And you know he was so so vital to the NBA success and every you know everything that he brought to the table he made NBA what it is today. Yeah, seventy seven years old. Um, of course, uh, you know we send our condolences out to his family. But he changed the game from nineteen eighty four to twenty fourteen. Just the growth of the league with starting off twenty three teams and you know back then tape delay all that kind of stuff to where we are now with these big broadcasting deals on TNT and ESPN, all those things. And uh, let's look at, look at the irony of him wanting to make it a global game. And then the all-star returns come out today and you got Giannis and Doncic being the two leading vote just for all-star right now. So that just shows you like where his vision paid off as wanting to make the game global because if the game wasn't global, we wouldn't have those guys. Oh, definitely. Uh, I think I think when he took over, I think what soccer was still number one, and I don't. I, I think I looked it up and said cricket was was bigger than basketball at the time. And you know, with David, I think it was a combination of David Stern. Uh, you had the, the you know the rise of Magic and Bird, and then Jordan. Like it's just like all in a hurry, and everybody loved it. And then you got the guys who came overseas, the Tony Ku coaches, and and Dirk Nowitzki started coming over. So you know, a lot of guys just. You know, they saw how good they can be. Oh, we can do the same thing. Let's start basketball, and you know, they they all play they all play their role for this. But yeah, David Stern did great. You know, he what I think eighty nine is when he brought in like four franchises: the Heat, Hornets, the Timberwolves, and the Magic. Brought the Grizzlies and Raptors in, and then of course the Bobcats later on in the two thousands. 
I mean, that, that, that's just you know that's just great to me as far as expansion goes. And we, we, we're probably done. I, I don't really think the, the league will expand anymore. But, I mean, I think that's pretty, I think that's pretty impressive. Uh, like you mentioned the deals that he made and the global impact. Like the only thing he could, only thing he couldn't avoid was the lockout. You know, as, as players got bigger, uh, they wanted more money, and you know, trying to agree with the owners and stuff that was pretty hard. But you can't put that on him. You know, it just not all of it anyway. So, uh, but yeah, R.I.P. David Stern. We appreciate everything he did for the NBA. Um, Adam Silver not doing a bad job as commissioner, but you know, uh, David Stern probably going down as the greatest. Oh yeah, he's probably the. I mean, I want to say probably he's definitely the greatest commissioner to ever, you know, govern any <laughs> sport because, because yeah. you got Adam Silver now, you know, he he doesn't have that body of work just quite yet. Uh, Goodell has had his own scandals and misjudgment on items, so he's automatically out. Uh, baseball with Bud Seeding and all those guys, they've dealt with, you know, so many different things, so. I just have to give it the, I won't say by default because he actually earned it, but David Stern is definitely the greatest commissioner ever. Yeah. Uh, he I mean, the only thing I, I'm not, I'm not going to harp on, on, on somebody passing, but man, I know, I know, I know, uh, the only thing I, I didn't, I didn't like that he did was the Chris Paul deal, man. That's, the only, that's about the only thing I, I, I got he would on with was, uh, when he, he kind of, which I understand the, the business side of it too. Of when he you know stopped the veto the trade for Chris Paul and Kobe, but like you said, you can't you can't sell no NBA franchise if you ain't got no star. Who gonna buy that team? So I understand the I understand the uh, business side of it. So I did forgive them later on as I grew up. <laughs> yeah, even just from a a logical perspective, you think about okay, if our, as a league we now own the team, why would we trade our best player to just to just get back? okay players, you know, just right. logically it wouldn't make sense from, from a basketball point of view, not to mention just the business side of it too. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> let's, move, let's move on though. Uh, like I said, RP and shout out to the family. Uh, prayers up for them. Um, so if we're talking about like, you talked about mentioning the All-Stars a little earlier. I did, I did see the list. Um, and this is why I like the All-Star game versus the Pro Bowl because the Pro Bowl is 100% fans. And if, and if it was up to them, Taco Fall and Alex Caruso will be all stars, <laughs> and I'm glad that the the NBA has changed that, and the starters are based 50 percent on fans. I think 25 for media and 25 for players, so that'll simmer down a little bit. Taco will not be an all star, and neither will Alex Caruso, so it's all good. Uh, is there anything anybody else on that list that you know surprised you, or too low, or too high? You got people voting for Kyrie. He's not even playing. Yeah, don't, don't, yeah, you, uh, don't, don't get me started on Kyrie. <laughs> uh, that, that's that's just ridiculous. Steph Curry's getting votes. He's not even playing. Uh, Dwight Howard, the bench I player. Mean, I, I mean, not bench player, but like, come off the bench. Like, I, I, I rock with Dwight, but he was number ten on that. Like it's just <laughs> come on, man. Like this, like when fans want more empowerment, they can't misuse it like this. Like this is ridiculous, man. Ridiculous. I think I saw uh, Melo was up there. He's pretty high, and I was like, okay. I mean, I guess, but that's just because his name. So I mean, I mean, some guys are not going to get re- rewarded for, you know, sometimes. But may- maybe they're going to do that, do that, uh, that little thing they did for Wade and Dirt and Whiskey last year, a little reserve for the Hall of Famers or something. Maybe they get that to Melo, and I don't know, make <laughs> make it feel good. I don't know. No, he's not going to retire. He's like, he shouldn't get that. He shouldn't get that. You know, he. Honestly, I hate to say it like this, but he's back in the league. I mean, what else do you want? 
<laughs> he want all-star. Champion. He want he want championship. He want first team all NBA and all that. Man, he's been all NBA a few times, multiple time all-star. I mean, he's everything on his resume he's earned, but this year he wouldn't be an all-star. Oh, definitely. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how as it get closer. I've, I haven't done my voting yet, um, but definitely won't be voting for Kyrie Irving, who's not playing, or Steph Curry, who's not playing. So let's fans, let's kind of let's, you know, let's kind of chill out on that a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I voted twice. Uh, you know, I, of course, I had LeBron, AD, Kawhi, Giannis, Doncic. You know, like the the typical uh, Siakam, Embiid. You know, I felt like when you're voting for like the starters, it, it should be the guys that actually. Warren starting Kimba Trey Young, so those are the guys I voted for. Yeah, I I, I, th- I think I think guys like you know Bradley Beal, um, who 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 was or Devin Booker, guys who don't really get the national attention, um, definitely have to check. You have to check their, their game out as well because you know they get they get passed up on a lot because the team is not good or they're not winning enough games. Blah blah. So uh, make sure you, make sure fans that you actually. Using your votes wisely because yes, we love we all love Steph Curry, but he's not playing, so how can he be all star this year? Yeah, it's ridiculous, man, that him and Kyrie are so high up on the vote list. Like they're hurt, they're not gonna come back and play in an all star game. They're hurt for a reason. Like they're not gonna, <laughs> they're not gonna disrupt their rehab and their comeback to play an all star game. It's and just leave it alone. Vote for who's actually playing, who's actually having a good year, like him and Walker, who's better than Kyrie. Actually, vote for people who are actually deserving and have earned it on the court. Oh, yes, definitely. Uh, let's uh, go on to the game predictions. So we got the wild card weekend, right? Four good games. I, I think it's I think it's four good games on the on the slate. Um. So let's I mean let's go through the AFC first. Uh, let's talk about the Buffalo and the Houston game. Five C Buffalo traveling to to the Houston Texans. Um. So my surprise team, they made it in. Uh, they. They had two games that they had to win to win the division, and you know, actually, they almost got lucky. They would have beat Patriots last week. They would have, you know, they probably they would have had Division One. And I think, well, with the Dolphins, the Dolphins, they lost the Dolphins, or they took a division, or Patriots had it either way. If they lost the division, no, no, Patriots had it either way. Okay, but even they lost the Patriots and the uh, Bills and the Dolphins. Yeah, because Patriots had some type of tiebreak over them. Like, okay. Even the Patriots lost both, they would still got it. Gotcha. Um, but this game, so. I'm. I'll tell you right now. I'm. I'm picking my surprise team, Buffalo Bills. I had them from the get go. I had them going eleven and five this season. They finished eleven and five. Um. I. I just. I just think that their defense. You know, they're they're a great passing defense, and Texans want to pass the ball. Deshaun Watson, uh, D Hop, Kenny Steele, Will Fuller, if healthy. You got. You, you got a lot of options, and I think the Bills are are can matchup wise can face the Texans and beat the Texans. Uh, we talk about a Texas team that struggles. They struggle in the pass. Okay, here we go. We talk. About, we always talk about the playmakers for the Bills. Do they have enough playmakers to to win this game? I think John Brown and Cole Beasley for the Texan defense is good enough. Like it's not like they're playing Gilmore or, or you know or the Marlon Humphreys of the world. They're playing Har- Harl Graves and they're playing Grant Connolly, who both their teams didn't even want them. And, and so you know, I think that they have a good shot at this. Can Josh Allen in his, in his first game not? Not turn the ball over. Can he play mistake-free football, which he has been doing the second half of the season? Um, you know those things I'm looking at, and of course, you know who's going to win the trench battles. I think JJ White is playing. So, can Buffalo Bills keep him at bay? We still got uh, Mercers on the other side. So, 
what can they do? So, but I'm I'm taking the Buffalo Bills. I I just think that they they match up. They got the right team to match up with. It's gonna be a very very good matchup. Um, I haven't saw a report whether or not Will Fuller's gonna play. So to me, that's gonna be a a key thing because Watson Watson almost needs Fuller. That's his deep threat. That's the guy that opens up that entire offense. So I'm intrigued to see if he plays or not. It's gonna be both guys. You know, looking for their first win as a QB in the playoffs. So, as far as like playoff experience, I really can't give a, either guy the edge. Um, the biggest thing is going to be Bills defense versus Houston's offense. Because, like I said, they have Fuller. They can put some pressure on Tredavious White and those guys. We know D Hop's going to get fed regardless whether he's doubled, bracketed, whatever. They're going to feed D Hop at some point. So, it's just a matter of who do you think wins that side of the ball because Buffalo's limited on offense. They only can do so much. So it just kind of depends upon can the Bills' defense keep the Texans out of the end zone enough where their offense can score 17 points, maybe get 20 and beat Houston. And I don't think they're going to be able to do it. I just think Houston's going to win the matchup and advance to the division around. So who who's the – all right, so you saying Will Fuller is your X factor? I guess I guess for me would be will be will be David Singletary because if they can run the ball, which is the, something they want to do, if they can run the ball effective, then you, one you have to worry about it. You definitely have to come up, and I think John Brown can hit you with a shot. He's like like one he can catch you for one fifty five yards easily. He saw you saw it against the Patriots. You saw it almost happen against the Ravens to win the game. Like he. He has that breakaway ability, so can can the Texans not get beat by, especially if the play action works, stuff, stuff like that. So, I I, I just think, I, in my opinion, I, I just I just know that when the Texans get into the playoffs, Bill O'Brien just go a little haywire a little bit, and if if it comes down to a coaching match, I'm always gonna take Sean McDermott over 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 Bill O'Brien. So, uh, but I mean, yeah, it it can go definitely either way. I I'm, I wouldn't be shocked if Texas win the game either, but. I, I think that the Buffalo got the right team. Like, if somehow for whatever reason the 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 Chiefs lost and the Texans won and they're playing Chiefs, I wouldn't pick the Bills. Uh, but getting Deshaun Watson, he's you know with a, with the offensive line that he got, hey, they can they can they can apply pressure all night long. Ed, Ed Oliver, um, he he's been balling all season. You know, you got a couple of guys, Jerry Hughes and all them other guys. So they they can come after the quarterback, and I'm 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 interested to watch. The turnover battle, and that's that's really my biggest thing. Can Josh Allen not give the ball to the other team? If he does that, I think Buffalo is in is in great shape. Yeah, I just look at certain things like QB matchup. Both are good, but I'll take Watson over Allen. Coaching matchup. That's depends upon perspective, so not really an advantage to either side. Weapons on offense, I give that to Houston, and Buffalo has the defense. But Houston's defense isn't a slouch, and I think with Watts' presence, that'll kind of give them that extra oomph, you know, just that, just that little fact in the back of their mind, like when we got, you know, our leader back out here. So I think it'll just kind of give them that little extra push. Should be a close game, but I'll still take Houston. Yeah, I think I think I, I think Buffalo pulls it out, maybe by three points, maybe a, maybe maybe uh, Watson gets the ball last and try to win the game, and maybe they get a stop or something. I don't know, but. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep my pick on that one. So let's move on to the next one on the AFC. On Saturday it'll be the Tennessee Titans at New England Patriots. Um, what did your 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 game preview for this one? 
Uh, it's going to be an interesting one, man. Everybody's been slowly coming around to that Ryan Tannehill wave. Man. Finally. finally, I'm glad they're finally recognizing that. I mean, just imagine how much better they could have been or, like, the seating could be flipped if he started a little bit sooner because he's 7-3 as a starter. So he could have maybe got them another win or two and they could have been the division winner and that changes the playoff matchups. But we, we're here now. They're, you know, they have the sixth seed. They're going up against the New England Patriots who are at home. They're always tough at home. They hardly ever lose at home. But that offense has been sputtering. It's been very inefficient. No weapons for Brady and He's 40-something years old, 42 years old, so he can't carry how he used to carry. But his saving grace will be the defense. Uh, the defense has been shutting people out all season, well, at least for 12 or 16 games. Uh, so the key thing to me is going to be can Tannehill and Derrick Henry continue to bring a bounce attack and kind of put some points up on the Patriots' defense. Whenever the Patriots give up 20-plus 20, 20 points, they've lost all those games. They lost to... Houston, they lost to Miami, they lost to Baltimore, they lost to Kansas City. All those games, they gave up 23 or more points. Um, I think they're averaging in their four losses is like an average of 28 points. So if you can just get around that mark, which with Tannehill starting, the Titans have been averaging around 30 points, you will beat the winner because they just can't keep up with it. But if you're trending towards 14, 17-ish, that's a game the winner's going to be in, and they could have a chance to steal it. But I'm going to roll with the upset. I'm going to take Tennessee. I believe in Ryan Tannehill. I believe in Derrick Henry. Bounce attack, RPO. Tannehill has more weapons. It's going to be a tough task to go to New England and win that game. But I believe Mike Vrabel and his team can go do it. Yeah, now, now we talk about how Tannehill has been playing great all season and, and how nobody really want to come around to it and, and to say it. So I looked at the, all the games he started. So, of course, you know, different teams, the different way you scheme against different teams. But – uh, if you if you just look at his on uh, the, the the pace that he's on those sixteen games, he would have had he would have completed about seventy percent of his ball passes, about four to one hundred yards, thirty five touchdowns, I think about eight picks and a QBR of one hundred nineteen. That's the pace he was on for you know for a per game sixteen basis, adding six rushing touchdowns to that. Now if you was to divvy up all those and see and see where they ranks among the league, they're in the top three in completion percentage. Second in touchdown passes behind Lamar. Um, just two more picks than uh, Lamar Jackson or Kirk Cousins has. Uh, I think one more pick more than Brady. Um, he would have the best rating in the league, and he'll be top seven in passing yards. And the top five, remember the top five, didn't make the playoffs for QBs in the league. So you're talking about basically, I mean, for a per, a per 16 basis, he he will be the best quarterback in the playoffs. Like, you know, at least one of them. And – Yes, his name is Ryan Tannehill, and, and you say, you know, Drew Brees and Mahomes, and, of course, nobody want to put him in that category. But for this for this season, with A.J. Brown, with, with John o. Smith and Corey Davis sometimes, and you got the best back in the league as far as rushing right now, Derrick Henry, he, is every game he's he's hitting a, a home run ball at 50 yards. So I don't, I don't know what else Tannehill has to do. I guess he has to go here, and he has to go put on a show. And if he go to New England – I wonder if that's when people go and say, okay, Ryan Tennant is, is the man, is the deal, because that's all Tennessee want to see right now because they coming to the season, they was getting a they was have, they had to draft a quarterback. That was the, the the whole thing. Nobody believed in Mariota, especially not us. 
And Tannehill came in and saved the day. And if he can go into the, go into a playoff run, and if you can knock off the Giants later in the New England Patriots, then you're talking about a, you know a quarterback who you can say quote unquote arrived like he got out of out of Adam Gase's um, torture <laughs> that he that he he provides for quarterbacks, and he blossomed. And now now you're seeing how great his team can be, and and this all without like Delaney Walker. Like people forget he was on the team. Man, with Mariota, the Titans were two and four. And they were 28th in the NFL in scoring. That was 16.3 points per game. Since Tannehill took over in week seven, seven and three record. They're fourth in the NFL in points, so 30.4. They're second in touchdowns, and he knows on to the Ravens. Man, they are first in yards per pass attempt at 9.6. They're first in rushing yards per attempt, 5.64. First, no, they're first in rushing touchdowns at 17. They have an 86.7% red zone touchdown percentage. Tannehill coming in has, I mean, he, he came in, he transformed Tennessee, turned them into a playoff team because they were going nowhere fast with Mariota at the helm. Yeah, and we always said Tennessee was winning despite their quarterback. They were 8-8, 9-7, 7-9. Seven but those years, they could have been 10-6, 11-5, 10-6, but... You know, when you when you got a quarterback who's not who 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 doesn't bring what Tannehill is bringing, yes, you you're going to take take a step back. You're not going to win the games you should win, and for like for for this game, like to me, Tennessee should be, in my opinion. I mean, I know they're in New England, and but Tennessee should be the 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 favorite. By and the reason I'm saying this is because New England. You talk about how they got to score points. The way they score points this season. The defense has, you know, get, got a pick six versus Miami. I think they got two or three of those against Miami. Then they got a, a block punt for a touchdown against the Buffalo Bills. They block punt the Cowboys and got an easy touchdown. Like all these, all these, I'm not saying any crazy plays, but you know, pick sixes and 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 punt blocks, field goals. You can't you can't predict that. So if they can come out and do that, if the defense can put them on their back again and and get a pick six, or the special teams go out there and block a punt. Then we're talking about a totally different game because those are things that we're not expecting. Uh, we we don't expect for the you know for the punter to fumble the ball in his hands and then get the, get the um, ball off late. We don't we don't expect those type of things. And to me, that's really the only way I see New England winning because this Titans team is so explosive in the passing game and the and the running game that they they can put up twenty seven like against this New England good defense and. And sometimes the defense can't, can't always save you. And you see, you saw you saw last week, Stephon Gilmore had his hands full of Devontae Parker all night long, and they let Fitzpatrick come down and win the game. Now that's really you know outside of outside of that one, and I mean you can say the Ravens, but against the Texans and stuff, they were still in the game. Like they was forcing field goals in them, and then Texans wouldn't score no more. So they can stay in the game, but when you but when you you know putting points on them at, at a high rate. They it's not enough that they can do, and you know Edelman is still banged up a little bit. And can the run game get going? That's the that's going to be the biggest question for me. If the Patriots can, if Michelle do what he did last playoffs, <laughs> this is a different team. This type a different different type of team because that's going to set up play action, and you're going to have Edelman. He's going to go crazy, and maybe Sanu all of a sudden might get right in, and he'll get like five for eighty a game or something like that during the playoff run. So I don't know. What to, what what the Patriots has to do to to really impress me if if they do win this game? But I'm I'm, I'm with you. I'm rolling with the upset. I think Tennessee wins this game, and I'm not gonna say it. I don't think it'll be close. But against against the Texans, 
uh, Chiefs and and the uh, Ravens, all three quarterbacks are mobile, and so is Tannehill. He's not as mobile as Lamar Jackson or Watson, of course, but he's just as athletic to me as Pat Mahomes. So as far as moving the ball and, and, and uh, making plays, he can do that. Yeah, one thing about New England, though, they're at home. They always they always win their home playoff games, so that's going to be one thing they can lean on. They'll have the crowd in their favor. Brady's been here before. Bill Chase, they've been here before. These guys are they're elite at scheming, preparing for a week, preparing for a team. So they're going to put in the work to scheme and prepare to slow down Derrick Henry or make Tannehill one-dimensional. They're going to make sure they can only give them – he had to throw it 30, 40 times to beat us. Or they're gonna have to hand off to Henry, and he's gonna have to beat us. They're gonna they're gonna make sure they take something away, or at least try to limit something. So, I mean, I don't want to count Belichick out because he's the greatest ever. He's gonna be well prepared. It's just I don't think the Patriots can score enough points. I mean, at some point, your defense keeps going out there, getting hit by Derrick Henry. <laughs> and, you know, at, at, at some point, Tannehill is gonna find AJ Brown the court. There's one downfield. Even Tajay Sharp, he's gonna get open. Like at some point, he's gonna find one down the field. You know, give Moore's the best court in the game, but at some point you, you're going to get beat or McCord is going to get beat. Somebody's going to get beat at some point. And that's when, you know, you get the types of few chances to get on the board and you got to play catch up. It could be down here from there. Do you, do you think that because Vrabel played for Belichick instead of coach with Belichick is a difference? Because, like, you know, you know how they, when Bill played his disciples or, you know, the Bill O'Brien, Cornell, and Eric Mangini, all, all of those guys, like, he always had the upper advantage and always, you know, most times no, got the best so. he, No, he, he always had the advantage. He's been in coaching for decades upon decades. He's forgotten more football than some guys know, so he's always had the coaching advantages because certain things he he can scheme, prepare for. He knows the rule book inside and out. It's just certain things he's more aware of and knowledgeable of than other guys, so he's going to always have the coaching advantage. Well, of course, that. But, I mean, like, it's a difference, like, because those are the coaches, and Vrabel actually been the you know he know he knows what kind of system that pay, that that Bill is running on defense, and I don't know if it has an advantage, but remember last year when they played the Titans, like they put a spanking on the Patriots last year, and you know I'm not saying it was due to Vrabel knowing everything, but because he played in the system and the defense has really been, I mean you know that they always have a linebacker who's big and can move, like they always had that kind of linebacker, so. You know, and the other underlying backers like like Van Noy and all those guys, they can they're they're good tacklers. It's all it's always you know it's, it might be different players, but it's always the same type of player in that in that spot. So maybe maybe he has that kind of advantage. Is what I mean. Like he well not advantage, but he knows. Should I say? So we'll see if uh, if Bill can like you know throw a little wrinkle out there because you got to give something that somebody never seen, especially with Vrabel who was in the system for so long. Uh, I doubt it. You know, it's just. I mean, these guys are elite coaches. They all watch film, study, prepare, scheme, whatnot. So I don't think it'll be, be any major advantage on either side. It's just going to be about what's on the field. Can guys not turn the ball over? Can guys make plays when needed? Can guys execute? Right. Uh, let's move on to the NFC on Sunday. Uh, by the way, I don't like this this little uh, AFC one day, NFC another day. But we'll talk about that later. Um, NFC, the 16 Minnesota Vikings. At the New Orleans Saints, three seed. Um, to me, in this game, though, I feel like all the pressure is on New Orleans because you know everybody expected to win. Uh, Vegas got the highest total at all four games. They're the highest uh, favorite in this game. Uh, I know they still want to, I guess, pay us back for you know me being a Vikings fan, pay us back for the Minnesota miracle. 
But to me, I don't think a revenge a, a revenge is, is warranted for this type of game because I feel like, you know, Vikings and Saints have a lot of playoff history between them. Uh, you know, the Saints stopped the Vikings from going to the Super Bowl in 09. The Vikings stopped the Saints from go, uh, advancing last year. And who knows, maybe the Saints go and beat Nick Foles that year instead of the Vikings uh, losing to him. So I, I feel like they kind of, that kind of cancels each other out. I don't think it's a revenge game, but – when you when you are the favorite, you're at home. Everybody expects you to win. Um, then then you 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 got all the pressure on your side. Now you have Sean Payton, you have Drew Brees, you got guys who can calm the, you know, kind of kind of relax the the team and, and make sure everybody on the A game. But to every time every time the Saints and Vikings play, it's not a it's not no no demolition of destruction. They they don't go out there and just blow them out by thirty. It's always a close game because on paper they always match up. And because of offense versus defensive coach is all you know, it's always about you know chess, you know chess moves. And really, really the only reason the only the, the real advantage that the Saints always have over the Vikings when they play each other is the quarterback. That's I mean to be honest, because you can you can you can you can pinpoint this and this and this and but okay Saints are better at this, but Vikings are better at this, and it all cancels out when it comes down to it. Number nine back there, top ten quarterback of all time. Drew Brees, that's the advantage that that they will have, and inside a Superdome, um, it's gonna be it's gonna be loud, it's gonna be crazy. So the Saints, the Saints has no reason to lose this game, uh, and I said I say all that to say that I'm putting my money on uh, Vikings to cover, probably not the win, but we definitely can cover in this game. Um, I think with Dalvin Cook healthy, that's the only way Vikings can win this game because this is the first time that that Thielen, Cook, Diggs, Rudolph. Cousins are all on the field together since week six. So I think because, you know, because even when Thielen came back in Seattle, Dalvin Cook went down um, and then he went down against Green. He didn't play against Green Bay. So it's been a while since this whole team been together. So we'll see. We'll see how that all clicks together. But I think I think it's going to be a great game. I think uh, even if the Saints pull it out, I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, um, what do you think? I'm going with the Saints. Coaching advantage. Quarterback advantage, home field advantage. I mean, I just think they're gonna have the better team. They're gonna be at home. They'll be motivated. They'll be amped up. The crowd's gonna be crazy with all the stuff going on with LSU making it to the championship. The Saints fans are gonna be fired up because this could possibly be their last year, even having a shot at. You, know, you only can get here so many times. So I just think with everything going on in the city and the state of New Orleans. They're gonna be riled up. It should be a good game for the most part. But I think Saints pull away at the end and win it. Um, I think I, I, I was looking up some research and I was going through like Minnesota history when they played, and as you know, as a wild card, and I, I thought this was pretty funny. Now, I'm not saying history repeats itself, but history does repeat itself. Um, back. Want a job where you can use your talents, make a difference, and have the freedom of remote work? Then meet Belay. Belay has contractor opportunities for proven professionals, providing administrative support and social media strategy to fast-paced organizations throughout the United States, all from your home. To learn more, just visit belaysolutions.com slash jobs to apply. That's B-E-L-A-Y solutions.com slash jobs. I'm Bob Sullivan, the new host of AARP's The Perfect Scam Podcast. And with Frank Abagnale and other top fraud experts, we're bringing you brand new episodes of America's most shocking scam stories. I got an email alerting me to 22 accounts that had been opened up in my name. 
scam was masterfully designed. New episodes available now. Subscribe to the Perfect Scam podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. In, I think '87, the Vikings played the Saints uh, in a wild card weekend um, on the road, and Vikings won that game. And who the ne- their next opponent? They played the 49ers, and they beat them too. So I'm not saying it's gonna happen, but I thought that was interesting as far as like that. That would be the path for Minnesota had to take in, in to, to get there. Um, to me. On the Vikings side, like with the healthy team that they finally has, if if the Vikings can win the trench battle on the offensive line versus the Saints D line, then then I know how good Kirk can be. Because if he goes in this game and he has a meltdown, I think I think he's 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 the X factor of the whole game because you know what Michael Thomas is gonna bring. You know what Dalvin Cook's gonna bring healthy, you know what Drew Brees is gonna bring, and you know like even even you even though you're saying it's a culture match mis, uh, advantage is not that, that that much of an advantage when they play each other, but the X factor in this game to me is only Kirk Cousins and and the O line can, can can battle and hold Cameron Jordan and the rest of them guys. He has to make the plays. Like if if he's if he's going if they're going to win this game, he has to be better than Drew Brees, and not necessarily have to have to have more you know more passing yards, more touchdowns, but. He need he needs to convert the third downs. He needs to, you know, catch digs deep. He he need to be able to hit hit the guy hit Thielen across the middle. He got to hit guys when he need to hit them. And because to me, watching Green Bay when they didn't have Dalvin Cook, you can see like Green Bay game plan. They said run the ball. I don't care. Like I don't care if you got Mike Boone. I don't care if you got whoever you got back there in the backfield. Just run the ball. Like we I dare you because they had two safeties in the back. They wasn't worried about nobody else. They can just blitz their four and get to the quarterback, or you know, uh, run contain really well. And I think I think that having Devin Cook is going to change the whole landscape of it. And I didn't really realize how important he was until I saw that, and I was like, hmm, maybe Minnesota has to pay Devin Cook because you know, Kirk Kirk can't you know, without a good running game like he he had one in Redskins with Alfred Morris a couple times, but. When he had a good, we have a good running game. It, it can open up so much, and the play action for him is just, it's just elite. But you can't, you can't have a play action game when you got two safeties over there at the top. So, um, I, I think, I think having Dalvin Cook back is the biggest thing. And can Kirk Cousins make the necessary plays? That that's that's what I want to find out. That's what I'm gonna be watching the most. Yeah, the narrative on Kirk is he has a one to bit game. I don't think he'll start this weekend either. Hey, it's not Monday night. It's not Sunday night. So it's a regular time. So you never, you never know. <laughs> uh, that, that playoff pressure. I, th- I think he'll throw a crucial pick and it'll probably end the game. Maybe we'll see. I I got faith in Kirk. So we'll we'll, we'll see. It's, especially with all his weapons there. So, but we'll see. Um, and then the last game, the five C Seattle taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. I call this the battle of injuries because both both quarterbacks don't have the weapons. You know you. Uh, Russ lost Will Disley early in the season. He lost. He had Josh Gordon for a little bit. Lost him. He lost Chris Carson. Lost Rashad Penny. Yes, he got Marshawn Lynch back, but I'm not. I'm not really worried about no Homer and uh, Marshawn and all them boys for to be to be very very impactful. I mean, Marshawn is great beast mode, but he had, he didn't play the game in a year. I, I you know he played last week, but I mean the, I think the emotion of the crowd was was you know for him was just great. They're on the road this time, so I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but on the other side, Carson lost all his weapons. Deshaun, Alshon, Aguilar has been gone. Ertz had a broken ribs. 
Uh, Jordan Howard been banged up. Miles Sanders got hurt last week. It just it just so many injuries on this on this field. Not to mention like Seattle missing Diggs on defense and Klein been banged up. Wagner been banged up. And then I think when Eagles lost Brandon Brooks, their guard is he's out for the season. So it's it's just it's just crazy. I think somebody told the ACL. Um, I think Kendricks. I want to say Kendricks for the Seattle Seahawks towards ACL. So everybody is injured, but two guys who's not, and that's Carson Wentz and Russell Wilson. So. Who do you think has the advantage with all the injuries, or 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 who do you think will play? Who will rise to occasion without the guys? Like this game is set up to make somebody's legacy, but at the same time, no one's legacy will be hurt by it just because of the context of knowing what's surrounding it, as far as the injuries and everything that's going on. Philly has the home field advantage; they push through down the stretch to make it this far. Carson Wentz has been playing at an unbelievable level. And on the same token, so has Russ. He's dealt with a lot this year as well. I mean, you got both your running backs out. I mean, you had to go sign Marshawn out of retirement. Like, that's how bad it was. <laughs> you, had to, you had to go bring back Marshawn who hasn't played in over a year. Like, that's crazy. And then, you know, you got rookie DK. Like, you, said, you lost Disley and all these guys. So, like, you're just trying to make the best of what you have, and they've been doing it. And I just think Seattle's the better team. You know, even with all the injuries, I think they're just better. Russ has been one of the better road quarterbacks his entire career. Whether you want to attribute that to the Legion of Boom defense or just him making plays, Russ has been one of the best road quarterbacks his entire career. I mean, they nearly pulled off the win against the 49ers again, almost swept them, and got a top seed. If it wasn't for, you know, the delay of game, they probably would have punched that in with Marshawn and we would had their matchups. So, you know, it's just one of those things where I think they had a better team. I think Russ can engineer a late drive and pull it off, but it won't, it won't be because Carson Wentz played bad or anything like that. So his legacy won't be tarnished if he takes the L. And neither will Russ's. Both guys will, you know, they'll have, uh, you know, they'll still live the final of the day as far as their legacy. He won't be crushed by this. Like, Wentz basically secured his legacy by beating the Cowboys and getting to the playoffs. So, like, he's going to be a, a Philly legend off that alone. But I think Russ is the better QB. He can use his weapons a little bit better, and I think they'll win the game. Yeah, I think it all comes down to who the better quarterback and who's the better coach. Um, Pete Carroll and Doug Peterson. Can Doug Peterson draw up some stuff? Because you know you got you got to work your tail off when you, when you don't have the Deshaun Jacksons and the Alshons and Ertz to make big play. I think Ertz will play. I, I haven't seen anything, but I don't I don't think a broken rib is going to leave him out if, if he can tape it up or whatever. Whatever the doctors say he can do, yeah, he he's gonna be out there. But, um, yeah, I, I'm with you all the way. I, even though they they want to run the ball and stuff like that, you can see that Seattle Seattle may be dead, maybe left for dead. And it's like you see, it's all against Fort Niners. Like I thought it would be a blowout, but they the way they're able to storm back and and Russ is always one play away. And I, I think the same thing goes for Carson. I think he's always one play away where he can make something happen special and and boom, two all of a sudden two touchdowns in a row. Um. But yeah, I'm 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 with you again. Uh, I'm rolling with I'm really ro- rolling with the road team. The road teams is is a theme for me this week. I think all four teams have on the road have a good shot, and Seattle definitely has a good shot. I think they got the best draw out of all the four wild card teams. Um, getting getting the Eagles team because even though they're banged up, they got a team that's also banged up. It's like it's not like Seattle had to play a healthy Seattle. I mean, a healthy Saints team, a healthy Packers team. So um, they had they have a shot at this game, and uh, I think I think they will pull it out on. On the road, um, is there is there any like 
I guess uh, I, I see I seen some like Deshaun Jackson working his way back if they win this game. Um, I mean, for our Christmas episode, we both said that the Eagles need like a miracle, basically, if they want to make a run in the Super Bowl. Uh, if they win this game, does getting Deshaun Jackson can that put them over the top if they play? You know, if they if they go to um, whoever whoever it is, Packers or, or the Four Niners, does that put them over the top to 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 help them win, or you think they still still need that miracle? Man, they gonna need a lot more than Deshaun Damn Jackson. <laughs> nah, you right. that is that is that is not moving the needle. I mean, I mean he I mean, he's that. he's a he's a home run. Like you talking about home run? Like that's <laughs> you can't keep your eyes off him because that's it. You know, I'm, like I like Will Fuller. Like to me, he's the key to the Texans. But Deshaun Jackson, he ain't moving that needle for like for the Eagles like that. They got too many other issues. That's fair for for Deshaun Jackson to be you know the the thing that puts him over the top. Yeah, I think I think this 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 trench battle is gonna be pretty hard though for like you know losing Brandon Brooks, you know Lane Johnson been beat up all year and stuff like that. Like they they that offensive line has endured a lot, and I I think really it just it, both both old lines like can Carson and can Russ stay upright in this game? I I don't I don't know because Fletcher Cox is gonna be nasty, Klein is gonna be nasty. And they they're gonna find ways to get to the quarterback. I feel like both defensive coordinators they have to come at they have to come at each other because you can't let Russ sit back there, you can't let Carson sit back there because they would die you up and eat you alive. So I don't know, man. I I don't know if it, if it's if, if these this this game right here uh, to me it's it's out of the four games it's gonna be the most boring one to me, and that's just because of the injuries. Like I'm gonna have to you know I'm gonna have to be cheering for guys named Greg Ward and Scott and. Uh, Homer, like this, you know, these are not stars of the league, but we we will get to see two guys who are gonna put the team on their back and 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 duel it out. I'm on the opposite end. This is gonna be the best game just because uh, it's gonna come down to the very very last play. Yeah, I I I, mm, I, I think it's gonna be ugly. Like I, I think when they played last time, it was ugly. I think it's gonna be the same way. Like it was 17-9, I believe, in uh, Seattle win. I th- I think it's gonna be another ugly game. I don't think it's gonna be high scoring. Uh, I think. The one that whoever gets the twenty probably is going to win. Like to me, this this is the kind of game that has you on edge every drive because like, oh, if they only get points right here, this could cost them the game. Or oh, that's a penalty that could that could kill this drive and cost you the game. So I think every every play, everything that happens is going to be meaningful just because you know there's not a Tyree Hill out there that can just go burn you for forty five yards to you back in the game. You know, or there's a Patriots defensive player that can pick it off and run it back, and you're back in the game. It's going to be every play, every timeout, every penalty. Everything's going to matter. That's fair. I I I can understand that. So yeah, I think I think I think it's a beautiful week for the road teams. Um, it's just it's just it's just what it is. Um, I, I know I know home field advantage play, plays a big part in the playoffs. But we have seen a lot of upsets in the first round of the wild card. Now maybe the home the home field advantage teams, you know, um, the the Ravens, the Fortnite Packers, and the Chiefs will have better advantages. But you know, this weekend, I mean, it's gonna be hard going. To, it's gonna be hard going to New Orleans. It's gonna be hard going to Philly. It's always hard going to New England. It's always hard going to Houston. But it's like, it's like I don't know. It's just, I feel like, I feel like every everybody got a good draw. I mean, to be honest, I feel like everybody got a good draw. Uh, this weekend, so it, I think this this could this could you know this whole season been great. And I think the, the playoffs are gonna be even greater. Oh, yeah, it's gonna be an intriguing playoffs. I mean, another reason I want Seattle to win just because I want that third Seattle 49er matchup. And if I have the Saints winning, I'll get 
Breeze, Rogers, and I'll get Russ for the third shot at the 49ers in the NFC, I'll take that any day. Okay, it's gonna it's gonna be some good matchups. So, so let's move on, change gears to our New Year's resolution uh, for the rest of the you know for for the rest of the year, man. Um, so what I'll do is we can we can just piggyback back and forth about you know um, something we want to see happen this year, uh, sports related, uh, whatever whatever the case may be. So you can start it off and you and throw it to me. We go back and forth. Yeah, one thing I want to see is I just want to see less headlines from Baker. And the Browns in general, like, they've just been a headline magnet. Like, first off, the coach, the head coaching thing right now, this is it's atrocious. They're trying to interview everybody. They have no clear direction of what, where they want to go, who they're really interested in. They have no preference of, like, we want an offensive guy, defensive guy. Like, they're just, they're just throwing darts and hoping guys interview well and they can justify the hire. So, I just want the Browns to actually find a direction and stop making so many terrible headlines. Like Baker was making crazy headlines. I love Odell, but all the distractions with the watch, the shoes, and you know, there's so many different things that were unfootball related. <laughs> don't and, forget, and don't, even, don't even forget on Garrett. the field, Miles Garrett. <laughs> you know, like, even on the field, Miles Garrett. I mean, Freddie Kitchens, you brought him in. Like I know now, even though it's a edited clip, you got the whole clip going around now where Freddie Kitchens made a joke and Baker's on the sideline saying, oh, he's an idiot. It's like, yo, man, y'all don't need any more negative press. So, I want to see the Browns in 2020 stop making, you know, just terrible decisions in general, from leadership to the players with just, just you know, public public choices pretty much because they're they're digging the hole for themselves, man. They're making themselves an easy punching bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I feel you on that one. I think this coach and hire. I mean, it just. I, I think I seen a tweet where they they want to bring in a, a a coach and find the GM that can pair with them as far as like you know just like the the Forty Nineers did with Kyle Shanahan and him bringing in he wanted Lynch and maybe that that might be a way to go because in that case they have the same philosophy like you know Kyle Shanahan wanted this and this and this. Well, John, if, if he didn't want, if John Lynch wasn't with that, he wouldn't have brought John, you know, they, he wouldn't have asked for him to be hired. So maybe that might be the best route because everything else they, they tried to do it hasn't worked. John Dorsey wanted uh, Kitchens, and I think it was split down the middle, and they, the other ones wanted Kevin Stefanski for the Vikings. And then you had two years ago when, when half the people wanted Hugh Jackson, the other half wanted Sean McDermott. So as you saw, the two choices that they made wasn't the right choice. And, I mean, I, I don't know, Brown, Brown, <laughs> Brown's got a long way. Long road ahead. Yeah, when you are coaching against two probably future Hall of Famers and Mike Tomlin and John Harbaugh, you need a coach who's going to match that and also be able to set a tone for your team. But the team has the talent, but can you put together the leadership, the coach, and the coaching staff to put all together to complete the puzzle and make you competitive against Pittsburgh and Baltimore? Um. My resolution is: I hope the Bears, I hope the Bears see the blue, the blueprint that the Tennessee Titans had. And if you're going to continue to keep Mitch Trubisky, then you need to go out and get you a veteran quarterback who can play football and and, and pretty solid and can take your team to the next level. So whether that's an Andy Dalton, whether that's uh, you know, I mean, who else on the market? Uh, maybe a Derek Carr. Whoever it is, get bring you a veteran quarterback in the game. Who's who? You know is probably better than the quarterback you got starting, 
and have that blueprint ready because you're going to have the best Mitchell Bisky next year. So if you if you go ahead and sign Andy Dalton, then boom, you'll be right there with t- how Tennessee looks, especially with how good your defense is. Allen Robinson's a stud. You got two solid running backs behind you. Find a way, find a way to get you a veteran quarterback in that building because you know, you know, Rashad, as well as I know, that Mitchell Bisky isn't it. And he might have had a couple few games here and there, but it's so inconsistent and very few that he will get benched. So I, I want this year, I want the Bears to do right. I want them to be smart. And if Ryan Pace want to go ahead and deem Mitch Trubisky the starter in in January, that's that's just crazy. Man, I know New Year's was yesterday, but I'm having a petty party and everybody's invited because I got a few Mariota fans, a few Trubisky fans. <laughs> I, I got to go inside my Twitter archives and go, go dig through some tweets and let these people know your quarterback stinks. And I told you months ago that he stinks. <laughs> that's, that's real, man. You know, it's, it's time for a petty party, man. We can bring whatever jokes, champagne, confetti. We can bring everything. It's a petty. We can have bears colors up. We can bring everything. <laughs> it's, a petty, it's, it's a petty party, and all Trubisky lovers are invited, and so are Mario the Lowest. But I, I guess they already abandoned the bandwagon now, so he's been benched since week six. Right. <laughs> but uh, I got another one, man. Uh, New Year's resolution for the NBA media and sports fans. Stop trying to rush Zion back into action. I mean, the dude's been often hurt in high school with knee problems and things like that, leg problems. Got hurt in the summer league. <laughs> He's starting to year off hurt. He got hurt at Duke. So don't rush the guy back. I mean, college basketball put in so much time building this guy up as the next big thing. The hype train got real with him. So don't try to rush him back. Let him. Learn to walk again. Let him learn to run again. Let him get a better jump shot because his jump shot sucks. So let him get a better jump shot. Let him try to work on his game, get in shape and things like that. Being in New Orleans doesn't help because it's so much good food. (laughs) Gumbo. Yeah, just, man, whole boys, everything, man. But uh, shout out Cafe Dumont. Just give uh, Zion (laughs) a chance to, to get back in shape, get his game together. Um, but my theory is, I don't care what Zion does, he's going to probably end up being a bust just because of when they get past drafts, normally one of the first two picks is going to hit and one is going to miss. So right now it's looking like Jaws going to be the hit and Zion could be the miss. But if you look at any draft, normally out of the first two picks, one of them is going to go on to be a multiple-time All-Star, a future Hall of Famer possibly, and the other is going to be just a okay player like may last a few years may be a good role player at some point but they won't be what they were expected to be right oh i got one for you um new year's resolution and it's it's for it's for the guys who vote for the nba awards uh you might not agree with this statement but i've seen i've seen people come at come at the lakers bench about how how they barely they barely outscored Lou Will and Montrezl Harrell, who come off the bench for the Clippers, and I want—I need the committee to realize what a six-man is, and, and what a starter is. I, I know we—I know we got you know famous with the Drake song, Lou Will, six-man, all that stuff. And when he was with Philly, yeah, he was a six-man. When he was with Toronto, yeah, he was a six-man. Uh, but this guy's not a six-man anymore. Um, he comes off the bench, plays heavy minutes, over thirty minutes. He—he uh, he was the best player on the team last year. 
um, coming off the bench. Yet, yet he still won six man. I'm sorry, Montrez Harrell's not a he's not a six man either. There's no way two two teams can have six man candidates because your starters. Uh, nobody's nobody nobody believes that Zubek is a starter. We don't believe that. Uh, so I'm, I'm so I'm sorry. NBA awards, you need to realize what a six man versus a starter is. And let's stop putting Lou Will on the ballot. Let's stop putting Montrezl Harrell on the ballot, and uh, let's 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 actually get it right this year because guys last year who de- who deserved it was Sabonis, who actually came off the bench and hit the guy in front of him was actually playing starter minutes as well with him. So um, let's let's realize what a six man versus a starter is. I'm sorry. Uh, I think what Shamet starts for the Clippers or something like that. Some some guard that shouldn't be starting and does, doesn't play the same amount of minutes as Lou Will. Let's realize that he is not a, he is not a six man. He is a starter. So I just want the six man award to be to be uh, what it mean. Yeah, I never agree with the voting last year. Of, well, not only the voting itself, but I didn't agree with them having two guys from the same team in the running for the award. Like, I mean, I think everybody can count is five guys on the floor. So. <laughs> The first or best guy on the bench is the sixth man. So how can you have two guys from the same team as the sixth man? One of them got to be the seventh man or something <laughs> right. else. So I didn't I didn't agree with having Lula and Montrez Harrell in the running for. I thought it should have been one or the other. But be it as a may, that's what it is. And, I mean, it's just, it just how it's going to be, man. That's every voting system across I'm- sports. It, they're all flawed to a a certain degree, like I'm still mad freaking Miles Turner and Andre Drummond to get recognized as part of the defensive player of the year last year, but you know, it's, it is what it is, that's just how it, uh, how it played out, man. Hey, how it played out. I'm, I know if I'm a star, man, I'm going to tell my coach, hey, I'm about to rack up these accolades, I'm going to win MVP and six, man, uh, James Harden, I'm, just come off the bench, bro, just, just come over and just stack your, stack your accolades up, so then that way they can say, man, he's a three-time six, man, and a three-time MVP, if all you gotta do is come off the bench when you start, even though you pay you play thirty seven minutes, you know that just you know that, that just I don't know, man. I just I'm gonna let it go for now. But that New Year's resolution, I, I I need them to fix it because it gets them nerves every single year. I understand Lou Will can't be the greatest six man of all time if he always in the game when it counts the most. Six man don't be don't be don't be the the best player on the court last year anyway. Hey. Hey man, did you see this thing floating around on Twitter about everybody ranking like the quarterbacks in the playoffs, like one through twelve? Like, did, did you see that? Yeah, I did. What, what do you think about it? Like, did you have like did you did you do your own ranking? Like, what you thought about it? I know people had Lamar at one, and you know some people had you know Mahomes at one. So it was it was it was a good ranking. Some people had Kirk Cousins at twelve. So I wonder what you thought about it, man. Um, I I think I think as long as you get in the in the in the ballpark, like Mahomes should be one on everybody's list. Um, I think Josh Allen is probably twelve, and then then that's where you get you know you that's when you start debating. Uh, I probably would have, uh, in my opinion, I would for this season. I, would, I think I would have Kirk and Brady toward the bottom. I would have um, Breeze probably in the middle. Uh, well, probably, probably top five. Um, Lamar MVP, so he got to be top five. Uh, just just going into the playoffs, like I don't know, I don't know what's people with different like criteria though. Like, are we? Are we basing it on like what the, what like what we expect in the playoffs or you know like for example if you think if you like if you think Minnesota's gonna lose that means Kirk Cousins that means Kirk Cousins is not gonna have a great game which means he's gonna be a he's a, you know he's a bottom toy of course you know so he had he had the end like but if he win if he win the game 
is he? Are we still saying that if he they they win? You know, what I'm saying like I don't know. Are we going by because Brady got six rings? He got to be top three. Are we going? Well, what, are we, what what's the what, what would be your criteria for it? I mean, I honestly just went based off of this season, and I didn't even take into account weapons, all that kind of stuff. I just took into account the, the quarterback himself and his skill set. So I put, I like I said, I went Mahomes at one, and I almost debated Russ at one because you know me, I'm, I think Russ the MVP. But he's working with this year, everybody get injured going down. I think Russ the MVP. But I put Mahomes one just because he can win the game with one throw. I mean, the dude's arm is phenomenal. Uh, I put Russ at two, and I, I put Lamar at three just because of what he's done this year with his arms and legs. And uh, like you said, like I don't value okay. Brady's the greatest QB ever, and all that kind of stuff based on accomplishments, resume. But just going to these playoffs, I got Brady at the bottom. I got him at eleven. I got Josh Allen. Right? Yeah, and I, I would, I would, I think I would have, I would have Kurt Brady and and Josh probably as my bottom three. Um. I gave Kirk nine and I gave Jimmy G ten. Oh yeah, okay. I forgot. Oh, forgot yeah, about yeah, Jimmy. Just because yeah. the 49ers got so much of the running game and so many different things working for them, uh, I love Jimmy G personally. I mean, yeah. I think he's gonna be, you know, he could be the next Brady of this era. Like for us, like you know, the guy that wins two or three rings on the right team, he could be that guy. But I gave my bottom four was Kirk, Jimmy. Brady and Josh Allen in my top four right. was Mahomes, Russ, Lamar, and Deshaun. And I feel like five through eight, you know, that's all just semantics about your preference. Yeah, that's not about right. I think I think um let's see who 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 left? That's Tannehill, you got Tannehill, Carson, Wentz, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, and Carson. Um I, I guess I would say for this season, just for this season alone, I'll probably have to put Aaron Rodgers eight just because of what he means, like what they mean for their team. And I, I, I believe that Aaron Jones is the MVP of the Packers. Um, I guess you say the same thing for Tannehill and and Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's MVP, but you know, Tannehill, like I said, we we saw Derrick Henry couldn't do it with Mariota. He he was able to do it with Tannehill. So, um, I, I think I'll have him over Rodgers. And then when it comes down to Carson, I I don't know maybe because what he what he's got what he has to do to win, like he he has to make every, he has to make everything. He has to make he has to put the team on his back. So maybe maybe he's probably higher than Rodgers as well. Um, and, and like I said, that's based off this season. It's not like a le- legacy award. So um, I probably I probably have Rogers, I guess eight, and then who was a Tannehill? I probably put Breeze five, Tannehill six, and Carson seven. That's probably how I would end it. Yeah, I, I kind of flipped a little bit. I, I gave Rogers five just because he can get hot and win. Oh yeah, he game. can. Yeah. So like same thing I said about Mahomes, but he just has the arm to win it. So I, I gave Rogers five just on like decent numbers this year. Didn't really turn the ball over a lot. Um, I thought him and Kirk had a similar year, but I just feel like you know the, the narrative that we killed Kirk for that's not the narrative on Rogers. I gave Rogers five and. It was, I debated back and forth between him and Breeze, but I thought about, well, I think Breeze and Tannehill are on the same pace this year, so I, <laughs> I, I gave Rodgers five, Breeze six, Tannehill seven, and Carson, he's been great all year, so I, I gave him eight, but it shouldn't have came into my mind, but just knowing like what he would have to do to win a game, I just couldn't put him any higher than that. Gotcha. Hey, I got I got one more resolution for you. Um, it's it's for it's for the Rams. Can they stop trading away picks for players? Because <laughs> they trade. They need to stop for real because Gurley ain't it no more. Gurley, Gurley ain't it. <laughs> I mean, right now, golf is not worth his contract. You still got to play, pay uh, Jalen Ramsey. You paid Aaron Donald already. Like, 
you four guys four guys is going to have all the cap space and not to mention the, the Brandon Cooks of the world and then you still got to pay Cooper Cup so can we stop can we go ahead and start can you stop trading with pe- people and draft these guys because you're not going to be able to pay everybody so that's Ram so let's see the free agency coming up in March can they not can they not uh pay everybody and can they just draft people that, that's what I want to see hey Brandon Cooks side of that I mean I don't know Philly who needs a a threat like uh, uh no weapon like Cooks. I'm not sure if Philly's willing to pay up a pick or something for him, but Cooks out of there. There's no way you can keep Cup and, Cook. and get and, and get Ramsey and like there's no way you can keep all those guys with that contract situation. There's no way the Rams can keep everybody. They it? have to trade Cooks out of there. I mean, they are they pay Higby. Yeah, and, got, and every got paid. You got every, you got every, you got Josh Reynolds. Like you gotta you gotta let somebody go. Yeah. I think Cooks the odd man now. Definitely. So, you know, it's just one of those things where in a salary cap sport, you got to manage your money right. I mean, Rams, they, they, they had a decent year in 9-7. You know, they they kind of had that uh, NFC curse of when you go to the Super Bowl, the next year you kind of have that letdown. So they had a solid year, but could have been better. We'll see how they go into next year, you know, when we do our offseason preview of what changes they make around the draft they try to – Reacquire some picks. Do they try to trade away some guys to open up some cap space? Because Ramsey's gonna try to get top dollar. <laughs> oh yeah, he, oh he definitely he will. Oh he he, he Ramsey, better. Ramsey wanted Ramsey wanted the Braves truck. Oh. They got to do something <laughs> out there. I mean they, they they already spend the money on the stadium. The Rams about to be broke. They, they got to start making a lot of playoffs, selling a lot of season tickets, selling some ads. I mean you went in late with Clippers, Lakers, Dodgers. Angels, all these different teams out there, they gotta make something happen, man, financially. Got to. Um, that's all the time we got. We are the profits. Uh, hey, not a bad start, man. To 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 see year number two for us, man. Not a bad start. Oh yeah, oh yeah, man. Second day of the year, good start off. We'll be back on Tuesday with more content, and of course, twelve on sports. Shout out to you guys. Thanks for having us. We'll be back next week as well. All right, preach, care, preach, move, shot. We out. This year has us all wanting to be healthier, and that includes our eye health. But how do you get vision coverage if you're retiring? It's actually pretty easy. VSP, the vision coverage many people get through work, offers individual vision plans. Enroll anytime, on any device, and start using your benefits the same day. You don't need to be an employee to get employee-level vision coverage. Visit VSPDirect.com today. That's VSPDirect.com. You know, as different as everything seems this holiday season, one thing still holds true year after year. Everybody loves holiday scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. And with tickets available from $1 to $20, they're the perfect gift for anyone on your list 18 years or older. So stay safe this year and play it safe with your gift-giving. Give scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly.